the opacity of these walled gardens forces publishers and advertisers to pay for the same connectivity to the same user many times over. Welcome to the Innovation Engine Podcast. Since 2014, we've been bringing you conversations with some of the world's leading authorities on innovation. Topics we cover include technology, culture, leadership, and more. Coming to you from the Three Pillar Global Studio in Fairfax, Virginia, I'm your host, Will Sherlin. On this episode of the Innovation Engine, we'll be looking at blockchain in the advertising space, why there's currently a staggering amount of waste in the ad tech supply chain, how a new consortium called AdLedger and a company called Madhive are working to combat that, and why we just may be entering the golden age of personalized advertising. Here with us today to talk about all that and more is Stacy Huggins, co-founder and CMO of Madhive. Stacy is an entrepreneur and seasoned marketing executive who's a thought leader in blockchain technology and its applications to media and ad tech. Having held leadership roles on the agency, ad tech, and client sides of the business, Stacy has a deep understanding of the challenges within the ad tech supply chain. Madhive is a blockchain-based advertising platform that is a founding member of AdLedger, a consortium of advertising and publishing executives with the purpose of bringing transparency and data security to the ad tech supply chain by harnessing a blockchain-backed peer-to-peer network. Welcome to the podcast, Stacey. Thank you very much. Well, it's great to great to be with you today. Absolutely. We're thrilled to have you. So let's start off this episode talking a little bit about AdLedger. What is AdLedger and how does Madhive fit in? Sure. So AdLedger is a uh, consortium made up primarily of publishers and advertisers, and some of the uh, middlemen, the the data companies, primarily made up of those industry stakeholders, which is a little bit different from a lot of the consortiums out there. Um, But our, our primary purpose is to develop a new protocol based on working with distributed ledger technology. So we plan on using a lot of the industry standards that are already established by the IAB, the MRC, and and other advertising technology industry standards organizations. But, you know, we will apply all of those standards for interacting with uh, blockchain technology. And really what that means is we will figure out things like, you know, uh, using blockchain tools like smart contracts, for instance, which are all of the details of a a deal or an insertion order uh, can be governed in code. And so if we were as a group, as an industry to transact together using smart contracts, how would that look? And what is the universal language of a smart contract? So we're really um, getting together to to tackle um, an issue in the supply chain. One is the lack of transparency, which is, is is a really big problem. Right now, the supply chain is really designed for the middlemen uh, and their own profitability, and it's at the expense of either end of the supply chain, for example, the the advertisers and the publishers. So the the one major thing that that Madhive has done, uh, we we did launch AdLedger as a consortium. However, we are simply a a member 
and it's governed by, by the members. So we are a participant, although we did start it, and we had support of IBM in starting this uh, ad ledger. It's a foundation. And uh, what we aim to do is really to develop API specifications so that people can connect to a distributed ledger and hash information. So a hash is really just a digital signature that says this happened in this moment in time, and it's an immutable ledger, so it cannot be changed or altered. And um, it'll really shine a light onto some of the issues that uh, the supply chain is experiencing, arbitrage and, of course, lack of, of transparency and fraud. The main purpose is, though, for us to figure out, get competitors even to, to sit at the table and talk about you know, what we can do to, to work together in using this common protocol. And you, you mentioned IBM. Who are some of the other players that are part of the AdLedger consortium? So right now, uh, we can't actually announce all of the participants. We're working on getting all of the permissions, but it's based on a lot of the uh, major broadcasters and some of the, the major uh, digital advertising platforms. Okay, got it. And so the, the idea for AdLedger is that it will harness what's called a blockchain-backed peer-to-peer network, if I got it right from, from mm-hmm. the site or from the press release. So sure. I'm, a, I'm of a certain age, so that when I hear peer-to-peer, I immediately think of Napster. Can you paint a picture <laughs> for me and for listeners of what a blockchain-backed peer-to-peer network actually is? Sure, sure. So it's a little, it's not as um, utopian as, as, <laughs> as the idea of Napster. Um, <laughs> What we're aiming to do really is uh, what Madhive believes in as, a, as an organization, what we're trying to influence AdLedger to be is, is to participate in what's called progressive decentralization, right? So if you were to completely decentralize and have no middlemen whatsoever and use 100% blockchain protocol, it's very hard. There's many security risks to launching a decentralized network. So we're really having a roadmap to analyze piece by piece in terms of what should be decentralized and what what shouldn't. And so what we're really aiming to do right now is to tackle specific areas. So one one area is a um, is a data sharing platform. And that might mean that users on this ledger, for example, um, a publishing company with decent amounts of, of data. A lot of it is secure and personally identifiable information. Madhive is an application layer that sits on top of a, black, a blockchain. So, you know, as a company, Madhive is working on ways to lock up uh, very sensitive information, like using cryptographic keys, for instance. So um, if we were to lock up the sensitive information and, and encrypt it and have it be a permission-based ledger, is there a way that the users on the ledger could actually trade data and use data in a way that keeps the um, user's information very secure, but also helps to extend the overall targeting capability of the entire ledger? And that's really in a lot of direct response to um, the duopoly of Google and Facebook. So their, tar- their data stores are unparalleled and their ability to target users across you know, mobile, tablet, 
and even uh, desktop and, and now even um, OTT devices like, you know, Apple TV and um, Amazon Fire and, of course, YouTube, you can't compete with them. And what we're trying to avoid is a day where, you know, Facebook is really a rep firm for all the major publishers selling all of their inventory for them and doing away with those direct sales teams and those direct deals and thereby handing over 30% of their margin to, to a Facebook, for instance. So the only way you can compete is to really have the same type of technology that they do, which is really end-to-end technology, and have access to a ton of data. And the only way to do that is for even competing folks to get together and, and share data sources. Those data sources would be would be paid for, of course, and you could and transact and interact uh, with their a, re- a transparent record uh, on a ledger. So that's an example of a peer-to-peer network uh, where there could be potentially in the future state um, data trading. The other aspect I should also mention of peer-to-peer means that there's a consensus. And that means that, so on a blockchain, anyone who's transacting to a blockchain would have a node. Um, and so um, it's really a server. So there would be a consensus that everyone agrees that this ad was served and this ad was served on this website at this moment in time. And whatever the publisher decided at that point to hash to the blockchain, everybody else would agree that we we all saw that and we all say that it's true. So it's an audit trail, really. And when you say publisher or publishing company, we're talking about newspapers, networks, music publishing, and all, all of the above? Um, not necessarily music. So we're not getting into digital rights management of, of, of music at this point. So when I say publisher, I mean a like a Meredith Corporation, a news corporation, or um, you know Condé Nast, and that's digital. And then on the OTT side, it could mean Hulu, for instance. Okay, got it. And and let me ask a little bit more about the Google and Facebook duopoly. So now major media companies are running ads through Google AdWords or Facebook's ad platform. With AdLedger, I guess, how would they be placing their ads or where would they be placing their ads? So they would still be placing their ads on uh, Google and Facebook just as they do. Mm-hmm. However, right, more and more over the last few years especially, the piece of the overall pie that Facebook and Google gets in terms of the ad dollars that are spent digitally they're, get, they're getting more and more and more and more. They're growing, which makes it very difficult for, like I said, the rest, the rest of these sales teams and organizations to compete. Their margins are being squeezed by tech intermediaries. So what it means is that there will be other options that are just as attractive for advertisers and their agencies to buy media on. So Instead of Google and Facebook getting 70% of the pie, perhaps they could, you know, publishers as a whole and programmers can chip away at some of that and reclaim some of the ad dollars that they've lost over time to Google and Facebook. So it doesn't mean that, that they go away or, and also it, someday it could mean that Google and Facebook would be transacting also and hashing to a ledger, although I think that's a long time coming. But it just means that perhaps they don't get as big of a, of a pie as they do now. Okay, got it. So Madhive and AdLedger are both responses to a very real problem 
The advertising industry bleeds billions of dollars a year, according to research from IAB, $8.2 billion to be exact. How is that possible? Well, um, it's all due to uh, a lack of trust. So that $8.2 billion is really the cost of, of trust in the advertising industry. And so anytime that you get many disparate parties transacting with sensitive data sources and with a lot of money on the line, nobody trusts each other. So, um, you know, the way that ad tech has, has formed and evolved over the years is into these disparate verticals in the supply chain. They're referred to as, um, you know, SSP, which is a sell-side platform, um, DSP, which is demand-side platform, and a DMP, which is a data management platform. So trust is typically maintained by centralized third parties delivering reporting to keep all of the others in check. So the costs and thereby the profits are driven inwardly toward these centralized intermediaries for maintaining all of this trust. And of course, all this verification is really very expensive. On top of all of the technology services and the application layers that um, you know publishers and advertisers have to pay for. So these intermediaries charge about 60 cents on every dollar, leaving a publisher with 40 cents. And there's a huge lack of transparency for, for buyers and sellers, and no one really knows what the other is uh, bidding on in an auction or a programmatic environment or where the ad will end up. So fraud plays a big part in all of this. Um, so a programmatic marketplace, which really means that you know, the deals are, are done and everything runs automatically through machine to machine, and, a lot, and the, uh, there's a bidding and an, an auction that takes place. So this marketplace is overtaken by all of these intermediaries creating these walled gardens around data using their independent position to arbitrage inventory from publisher to advertisers, sometimes at like 100x markup. So the, also the opacity of these walled gardens forces publishers and advertisers to pay for the same connectivity to the same user many times over. Okay, and let me ask a little bit about, about MadHive specifically. Mm -hmm. You provide solutions for advertisers and solutions for publishers. What are the different solution sets and what are some of the things that they enable? So MadHive is, um, like I said, it's an application layer that sits on top of the blockchain and, and facilitates a lot of this data transacting that happens. But really, uh, we're in a class of emerging platforms, uh, another three-letter acronym. It's called an SPO platform, which is really um, a supply path optimization. And um, it allows really buyers and publishers to, to build a, a closer relationship. And we're attempting to move a lot of that, the value of that media buy to the buyers and sellers directly. So MadHive is an SSP, which is a sell-side platform, combined with a DMP, which is a data management platform. And we have a front-end buying platform. So that means that both sides, publishers and buyers, can transact on our platform. The big difference is that our platform is 100% transparent on both fees and auction dynamics. So this optimizes the delivery of the inventory to the best-performing demand among the, the premium publishers. Everyone that is in our supply side, so that would be the publishers and any of the um, OTT stations, for instance, that, that we work with, they're all agreeing to, to be transparent and they consist of very the, the best inventory, very premium 
with our business model, we're allowing demand and supply partners to manage the, these increasing costs, and they are able to navigate around bad actors. So they protect their brand with premium transparent inventory sources from our private marketplace. So really, what we're able to do is create a, a private programmatic marketplace where we can harness data from disparate sources provide transparency, brand safety, data security by locking up data uh, with cryptographic keys and make, making that data somehow portable because it's locked up. And we hash all of the impression level data within our marketplace to a blockchain. So really what you end up with at the end of the day is uh, increased revenue, lower costs, unduplicated reach, and you actually get this amazing true omni-channel reporting tool. And, so and who doesn't of, want all of those things? Who do, right. <laughs> right. Right. So in some instances, a lot of this transparency is available, but typically it's at the expense of the advertising agency and like countless man hours just trying to track down all these disparate sources of data, collate them, and then figure out the mystery of all the discrepancies. Because all these third parties are are delivering information that conflicts with other uh, verification sources. So when if, when there is an actual independent ledger that all parties are transacting to that's immutable and cannot be changed or altered, it makes things a lot easier. And who are some of the ideal customers for MadHive? Who are you targeting? So right now we're targeting, um, obviously, any uh, premium publishers, publishers that could be digital, focusing primarily in video marketplace. Um, the digital display advertising industry is, is very, very established right now. And um, there's a lot of white space and a little bit of room for evaluating technology stacks and looking at new ways of, of delivering ads in the premium video and OTT space. Uh, so we're looking at those uh, supply side platforms, um, but also on the demand side now, we're looking for um, you know large CPG companies and their agencies, large e-commerce platforms, you know mostly those that are looking to really understand and are digitally savvy and, and are really tired of the, the murky supply chain. Those that have, have really had it and, don't un, and aren't willing to keep paying for an inefficient supply chain anymore. And also those that are looking for a very streamlined buying experience. Okay. And, and let me ask, you mentioned OTT in the last answer. For those like me who are under the impression that OTT is basically ad-free, are we wrong? You're I, not I guess wrong. We are, as of right now, okay. it's it's it is considered to be. Uh, I mean, at least the ones that most people watch in terms of Netflix is is ad free. However, if you watch others like um, Hulu, for instance, is not ad free unless you unless you pay for premium services. But it's not ad free on a lot of those network OTT apps. Okay, gotcha. But the difference is is that. Right now, the way OTT is purchased is it might be like a, a digital extension or an add-on to uh, a big broadcasting buy where they, they're mostly transacting on linear broadcast television. Um, but with cord cutting growing at a massive rate, we're going to see more and more that you know, users are watching on demand anytime they want through streaming devices. And as that happens, the ability to make 
you know, all of television uh, programmatic, there's not a big incentive for, for that to happen right now in the industry because the way linear broadcast is sold, it's, it, you know, everything's protected and it's, it's very seamless. It's typically it's the agency and the publisher, they do direct deals together. But the targeting capabilities are, are not as great and you rely pretty much 100% on Nielsen. So uh, the benefit to the industry with, with all of this streaming is that it's delivered over IP and there's more you can do from a, from a targeting standpoint. So you can really help to deliver the exact right ad to the exact right person, much in the same way that, that Facebook does. Um, so we'll find that the commercials are um, a lot more interesting for folks over time. Okay, got it. And And is that... Uh, forgive my ignorance. Is that kind of the definition of programmatic? So the definition of programmatic, um, and it's different for depending on who you speak to, but you know, programmatic is uh, a way of uh, buying and selling and serving ads that is done primarily. It's it's automatic. So um, there are intermediaries that that make it happen. But, you know, you really serve up your inventory if you're a publisher to be auctioned on and bid on. And then buyers can come in and just grab it instead of having there be a sales cycle where everything is bought up front. Typically, you've heard of something called the upfronts, and that's when you, 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 know, you buy media up front ahead of time. And it runs, and you know when it's going to run. When it's, it's served digitally, it's, it's definitely a, a different experience. And um, you know, in some cases, the, the way of programmatic transacting can be very efficient and easier on an organization, and it, but it's not, it's not better if it's at the cost of, you know, of 40% margin. Sure. So let me, let me go back to AdLedger for a second. The plan is to open source AdLedger. How did Madhive and the other members of AdLedger arrive at that decision? In terms of what will be open source, that's the API specifications will be open source. And we're also working on a way to lock up data in something called the blind trust, which, you know, the specs for that will will be peer reviewed. So you can test that it is actually blind in order to keep data safe. So much like the, um, there's something called the open, open RTB uh, spec, which it was very similarly launched by um, some ad tech intermediaries to come up with a way to transact more efficiently. And um, that was open to, to the industry as those specifications became open and then was eventually rolled into the IAB. Um, that's really um, the trajectory we'd like to see AdLedger move into in terms of offering um, API specifications for, for all members to transact and also make some of the products that we produce able to be peer reviewed. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be a layer of, of innovation and competitiveness because well, it's what you do with the ledger uh, where the innovation really, really comes out. So although there'll be ways to transact and access that ledger and those API specifications will be open, but the application layer that you build on top of the ledger, that's where all the innovation and, and competitive advantage will, will be seen. Okay, nice. And if, if anyone listening is interested in getting involved how can they do so, or maybe when can they do so? I know that the that AdLedger was just announced in July. Right. Um, so they can certainly reach out. There's a contact us form on um, adledger.org. Ask about uh, membership, and we're you know going to announce the founding members in September, and uh, we'll meet again in September. And um, 
shortly there'll be an FAQs section that can answer a lot of questions for folks interested um, in, in joining and whether or not they should join. And But yeah, there is a contact, contact us form. They can reach out and ask questions. Okay, very nice. And, and I'll ask the same question for Madhive. I, I assume it's go to the Madhive site, which is madhive.com, I believe. It, it is madhive.com, yep. Okay. And You can and, also reach out to me directly, um, stacy at madhive.com. Okay, very nice. Well, Stacy, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for, for talking with us about AdLedger and, uh, and Madhive and, and curious to see where it all leads. Great, thank you. Absolutely, my pleasure. The Innovation Engine podcast is brought to you by Three Pillar Global, a product lifecycle management and software development company based in Fairfax, Virginia. Head to www.3pillarglobal.com to learn more about our services. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and Google Play to ensure that you never miss a new episode and head to threepillarglobal.com slash podcast to receive new updates about our show and read the full show notes and transcript of each episode. Don't forget, we also have an app for our Three Pillar Podcasts. Just search for the Innovation Engine on the App Store.